Hi, I'm Stuart Huff. At night, I'm a stand-up comedian, but during the day, I spend my time roaming through junk shops that hopefully smell like mildew. I'm not looking for antiques. No, I'm looking for items that spark my curiosity. And if they're the right price, then they come home with me. This podcast is accurately named Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. Welcome to another episode of uh, Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. That's three times in a row, my friends. I just nailed the title of it. Three times in a row. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Peter. Uh, I'm going to introduce my guest here. We have uh, on couch number one, we have Peter John Burns. Hello. There he is, Peter John Burns. Fantastic. And uh, we're going to do a little talking about this later, but can I announce publicly that your your grand achievement, uh, Mad Magazine? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's not, it's not a secret. Well, Peter, my friend Peter John Burns, who's a fantastic comedian, was just got a job writing for Mad Magazine, and your first big piece is coming out, right? It's an entire page. Yes. It's a, yeah, isn't it? I mean, that's something, you know what I mean? You got right. an entire page in Mad Magazine. I think you're underselling it a little bit. Right? Under, a little bit. A like, little how bit. would you, how would the you, like, of your youth, how excited oh. would that you be of this happening right now? Eight yes. year old me is very happy. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just, how put it? I am a freelance contributor to Mad Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they solicit things occasionally for me, and I, I do pitches. Uh, and I have. Uh, one-page cartoon coming up in the October Halloween issue. So, me I am and, me I'm and Maria Bamford and Brian Posehn, and I am the least exciting of those three contributors. <laughs> well, I I would argue that, but you know, I mean, you're you're equal. You're there with them. It's I'm, you. I'm, in, I'm in the group. Yes. Yeah, you're in the group. I mean, I'm one know. of the usual gang of idiots. Yeah, it, like like Tom said, uh, Tom Simmons is also with us. Who is. You know, I'm going to say this every time you're on and just deal with it, okay? Okay. If you don't know Tom Simmons' work, Google it and and laugh your ass off. The man is hilarious, in oh, my God. opinion, one of the top comics in the country. There you go. Just just absorb that. Okay, I got it, man. Yeah. I, I have a tiny part of me that agrees with you and cheers <laughs> along. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, uh, you know, the, the 15, I do, I think like that too, Tom. Like, I think I said it on stage like a month ago. I said, you know, the 15-year-old uh, version of me would be ecstatic with my life. I'd be very pleased, you know, but then I... I you You're know, you, yeah. I said, but the 15-year-old version of me was an idiot. That's right. Just, if I could go back to myself at 21, I would want to kick the shit out of that arrogant I, asshole. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, But I couldn't because he stayed in shape and worked out and didn't believe in nonviolence. He'd just be... <laughs> He would just be pounding me like, what you got to say now, future boy? <laughs> That's fantastic. The 21-year-old. I think the 21-year-old, most of us would kick our ass. Yes. You know, most of us. Yeah. All right. Uh, what we're going to talk about today, this is, first of all, let me tell you kind of the history of me and this item, okay? Okay. I saw, it's a board game. It's called Class Struggle. And the front says, to prepare for life in capitalist America, an educational game for, for kids from 8 to 80. I saw this game, brand new, wrapped in plastic, not opened, in a junk shop years ago in Ohio. $500. $500? 500 big dollars. How old were you? Uh, how old was I? Yeah. Died probably in my 30s. Okay. 
And was I, it was it one of your normal junk shops that you go to? Like you would I remember? Had been, I had been there before. Yeah, I had been there before, and and uh, this was and it was in a glass case, locked up. Kind of, you had to ask someone to, you know, smell it. Yeah. Right, and this I was thought, like a rookie Tom Seaver card or something. You know what I mean? At a, at a, <laughs> right. Whatever. You know. Did you had, ask why this particular item was so valuable? No, because it offended me so much that it was out of my price range. Especially for a game called Class Struggle. Uh, exactly. The thing's about capitalist America, and it's $500. I'm too poor to even to play. play a game. <laughs> I, yeah. I have capitalism. lost at this game before I bought it. Right. This is a, it's offensive. To me. Right. And uh, the I, really it, expensive one is the Meek Shall Inherit game. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one, you can't, you can't even find That's that. Right. Meek Shall Inherit the Earth game does not exist. <laughs> There's rumors yes. that someone made it one day and it doesn't exist. So you're in some, one of your, one of your go-to junk shops. Yeah. I'm in a junk shop I've been to, you know, plenty of times. I, I, enough to know that I didn't have to like put it in the GPS. I knew how to get there. Do you, you know still I mean? go to that that same shop here every, every yeah. now and then? I mean, I'm offended by that person's price on that item, but you know, I wasn't offended. It wasn't enough. a deal breaker on the whole relationship, right? Yeah, you know. Uh, now, if you're a junker, is that your go? If you had what, like, when you get ready to go to that shop, what is sort of their specialty that of things that like you sort of get from there? Like, you're like, oh, they they usually have games there, or they usually have transistor no, radios, or that or, place is, is is potpourri. That place is hodgepodge. I have bought a lot of stuff, and there's two items in that shop. This is another weird thing about junk. Okay, there's probably eight items. I can yeah, maybe yeah, eight items that I did not pull the trigger on. I didn't buy. And I regret it. I mean, I, I regret it. Years later, I'm still going, oh, why didn't I get that? You know what I mean? And they're gone the next I, time of you course. come. Of course. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, well, I didn't. I meant I'm agreeing with you. Okay. You know what I mean, Peter? Like, yeah. You think to yourself, should I get that? I don't know. God, I'm, I don't have a lot of money this month. You know, oh, no, I'm not going to get it. And then you get in your car, and then two weeks later, you're like, God, I should have gotten that. I should have gotten that. You know, and then, and then you go there, and then it's gone. You so, know. do you remember these white whales? Yeah, I was just gonna oh, say. Oh yeah. Well, come on. I was in my twenties. This is so. This I was probably. This is probably twenty years ago. Like okay. Back when you were homeless. Uh, this is actually before I was homeless. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what it's called <laughs> before. Like the, yeah. <laughs> pre homeless. Pre. I was pre homeless. Yeah, you had a job. You mean back yeah, when you I had employed? a job? I was okay. working at a movie theater. I think at this point I was even the janitor of the movie theater, which was the best job to have at the movie, in my opinion. Why? Oh my God, the jan. I I worked at this movie theater when I was in college. I got the job, and at first I'm the ticket taker. Right? It's a four screen theater. It's small, you know, compared to today's theaters. You know. Right. And uh, I took the tickets, and then I worked my way up to selling the popcorn, you know. And then I, I and then I, I moved to selling the tickets, which is, you know, a lot of people shovel the popcorn. Sure. Three people sell the tickets. Right. So, and then I became, uh, which the second, my second favorite job in that theater was, I, I became the projectionist, which at that time, they literally shipped the reels in a little case, you know, and then you had to splice them together. Was this in Kentucky? This was in Georgia. Okay. Yeah. And so was this, how put it, in other states, 
uh, projectionist as a union job. Were you part? Yeah, of no, I was not right part of the union. Right to work. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, but I I did know that that it was a union job. And sure, in yeah. Chicago, it was that that union got broken in the eighties, but it was a very serious one for yeah. quite a long time. Yeah, yeah this was. Uh, yeah, I wasn't part of the union. I, but it was a cool job because every like every Tuesday or something, you know, they'd ship you these the new movie. Right. And like a a long movie would be like seven reels. And you know, so did you split? Did you splice them together? Did you have the big platter? It had the big platter. Okay, so yeah. you didn't have two projectors. Projectors, rather. Uh, we had we had four screens and three projectors. So we had two projectors that were just singles, and then two screens shared one projector. Yeah, it how, was. How did that work? You, you couldn't have two movies going in the. You had different platters. You it was a st- it's almost like picture. Um, so it had two lenses. Yeah, there were two machines, but you were feeding film through two machines. At the, at the, you had picture, it's a one-projection room. Oh, yeah, there was only one projection room. It was one room, you know, with two giant projectors that were singles, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you had this one stack of, it looked like a stack of plates. If you if you took a stack of plates and yep. put a pole between them and then sep- yep. Yep. separate the plates a little bit, you know what I mean? So you could hypothetically put six movies on there. But we only had two. How long till you start seeing those in junk shops? The projectors or the reels? Uh, all of that sort of all the all that the, stuff's probably that there's stuff probably there. a handful of theaters that still run like that, right? It's all digital, right? I, so I would assume most of them have yeah. converted to digital now, right? A, a mild digression from your story to tell another story because this I, one's this one's running long and boring, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you never got to why how you ended up a janitor. It sounded like you were getting promotions all along, and you're like, "But my favorite one was when I, I know, made I don't it know to why janitor." I went off on this. We'll edit this all. Hell, go ahead. What? Well, I did have the uh, great advantage once of uh, a friend of my father's owned a movie theater in upstate New York. It was a resort town, um, and it was the sort of place that you know one screen. It was second run, so you would get mm-hmm. in this particular case like Rocky Three at the end of the summer. Uh, right, the Dollar Theater place. Yeah, yeah, basically. yeah. And it, and it was, and he, this guy had already worked it out that like he had one show a night. It was like a seven o'clock show. And I said, "You don't do a nine? He goes, "No." And I found out is that if I do a seven and a nine, everyone thinks they're going to go to the nine, but they sit around the campfire and get drunk out at the resort, so then they don't show up. So okay, there's the a seven. Yeah, yeah. So he said, "I get in America. I get more people yeah. for the Class seven struggle. o'clock show than I would for for both for both combined." Yeah. But. So this movie theater, weirdly enough, was in a Quonset hut. Like, it was a World War II Quonset hut. But from the street, it looked like a street front. And you went into the theater, and you didn't know that you were actually inside a big metal Quonset hut. Because huh. the inside... What is a Quonset hut? I hate to keep, keep going further down Sorry, the line. Sorry, Quonset but... hut is... Uh, it's made... It's corrugated steel. It's like a... a, a, a Hemisphere. It's like a half oh, circle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've you've seen them. You know, like on army bases, right? You know, and then right. they become surplus, and some guy says, "Oh, I can fit a rectangle inside this oval, and now I've got a, a movie theater." A movie theater. And yeah. he had, and understand this. So I saw him do Rocky two, Rocky three rather, in you know, 1982. Um, and this equipment was antiquated then. He had two movie theaters so that you had to switch over, right? You had the one reel here, and then you have the marks up in the upper left-hand corner of the screen that are a signal to the projectionist that this reel is about to go. 
and then you've got a ka-chunk go over to the other right, right. screen. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, never had to do that, but I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, well, because, again, you know, that was old school early 80s. I mean, uh-huh. this, and he had literally the old arc light projectors mm. where it was like under welding glass. Yeah. And there was an element, and you had to like fiddle with it occasionally during the screening to make sure that the light was still appropriate. Mm-hmm. And he had a walkway from that projection booth to the back of his house that was above, you know, he had like apartments above the box office of the movie theater. So he'd like be sitting eating dinner going, oh, time to go. And then he'd walk across and chunk and switch <laughs> it over and then come back and, you know, finish his steak. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a lighthouse or something. Like yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, oh, I got to go turn the light on. Right. And then I'll be, and then I'll come back downstairs and finish watching my movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he just had it all timed. Um, yeah. But the idea that, like, you could see, you know, I mean, that was like, it was like going in to see a classic car. I mean, like, he had, like, a 1964 Mustang in the projection booth. Right. And I'm like, because if this, this crap, not- this crap's not done anymore. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> and it was just that, well, you know, he already had them. And it was cheaper to have them than to try and replace it with a oh, big Oh, those things, if like you that. owned your own theater, I mean, they, those things, you know, I have no idea how much they cost, but it's ridiculous. Yeah. Just the light bulbs. And occasionally we'd burn out a bulb or something, and they were outrageous. Yeah, they're hundreds price. of dollars. Hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Just a light bulb. Yeah, and most theaters uh, that's actually. That's just crazy. That's, that's capitalism, right? Like, they're like, we. Capitalism. We, you, there's, a sm- there's a small niche for this, and we're going to make them. And, and we're going we're gonna to overcharge for it as much as we possibly can. Right, because we know without it, you have no theater. And and then the, and it, but yes, and also that, but there has. Why is there not a somebody that can then make it cheaper? You know, it's because it's it's a specialty product, and right. who wants to who wants to make a factory to make this specialty product so you can sell it cheaper than the other guy? It's not right. worth setting it up. What I liked about being the projectionist was number one, I put the movies together right myself, so I had to splice them together, and I had to screen them. Of course. So I had keys. I had everything. And I, uh, four in the, four a.m. You want to go see a movie? Yeah, come on. Right. You I got to run this anyway. I'd open the door, you know, thread up a movie and hit play and go down there and sit in the theater and watch the movie. You know, so what time what, did that like? You know what I mean? Amongst your friends at that time, did it? Were you the hero? Like sometimes, like we get to see the movie before everybody I didn't else. Have a lot or of friends. Oh yeah. <laughs> this this is my pre homeless. Even with the <laughs> yes, even with the like, I got the Star Wars before everybody. It still you couldn't well, get anybody. The the truth is like when we had a movie like Star Wars was coming out or something huge like that. I mean, there would be fifty people there. You know, friends of friends. Everybody that sold popcorn was coming. The, you know, and people would bring coolers of beer, and it just you know it was chaos. Was there chaos for you to pressure wise of getting this thing spliced so we no. can get it rolling? Well, sometimes, yeah, because they'd be yelling and screaming, you know. But uh, but most of the times it was me in the dark, just making sure I did it right. Because if you put reel number two where reel number five should be, you know, or if you or if you flipped it over for you know you accidentally you know, and it, all of a sudden the movie's upside down. So you obviously did those things a couple times. Oh yeah, on total purpose. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and here's another thing I did that I loved. Like, we were the last run. I knew we were. Our theater was the last in the line of getting the movies because when we shipped them back, we didn't ship them to another theater. We shipped them back to the the warehouse where they're stored. And I knew that. And those prints were beat to shit by the time they got to you. Oh, I got them. And sometimes we'd have to call and say, we're missing, you know, 12 feet. 
Right. <laughs> you know, so I would clip out. I made my own movies. You know, I there's a scene where Burt Reynolds is going over the mountain, you know, and I'd clip that out and, and, and just have it, you know, and then and then I'd go from that to like, you know, some kid is having sex with an apple pie. And then that. And then, so I'd put together a two hour movie that that was just random crap. And <laughs> we Do you all, have any of them? No, but we not now. But oh, we we'd all sit around and just like because it's hilarious to watch. Nine seconds of one thing and then two seconds of something. It's just nuts. Right. It's like continuously just changing the channel on your television. You know, you it's know? funny you say that because that's those are the kind of things that my son watches on, uh, on YouTube. On I YouTube could have made now. a fortune. Yes, yeah. you could probably still, just because you, you have that sort of eye for doing that, you just have to, and now it'd be easier. You could slice up things like that and, and build them. Build yeah. them now, like sit down and build one for an hour. If and, I had a capitalist mind. Right. You know what I mean? It sucks that you don't have your own... Like you have all this junk from other people, but you have this thing that you created in a, like a, a, a film thing that you don't. You're like, yeah, I didn't need that crap. I just yeah, threw I that away. Ha- I don't know what happened to. It. I wish I had it. Like, how cool would it be to still have that and then find one of these projectors in a junk shop and oh, be like, be awesome. oh, I got those old things I made. <laughs> I can. That's just wonderful. I see smaller projectors. You know, right? You Sixteen millimeter. Sixteen but millimeter. Thirty-five. Nah. Nah. That's too. They're too large. I mean, I. How it's like finding a linotype machine in a junk shop. They're just, yeah. they're too big. You know, that, so at one it's an point, industrial machine. It's like, is there, a, so is, there, is there an industrial level of junk shop somewhere that has just big stuff like that, that that's oh, their there's, thing? Um, absolutely. Sure. There, there's all sorts I mean, of. There's places in this country, and I'm sure others, that if you're looking for a specific thing, you know, right. there is a, a, there's a shop somewhere in Minnesota that a guy's got 11 of them. You know, there's a warehouse in Pennsylvania full of uh, religious statues. Okay, so do, that's yeah. so. Do you find places like that too? Like in your as you're searching for shops and stuff, and then you're like, oh, this is unique. They yeah. got these that, people have know, all the yarn balls or whatever. You know? Yeah, I mean, there. I've been searching for one particular religious statue for ever. I mean, I want the. It's one of my. You know, I must have list that I've never ever ever seen a statue. You know, but I'm I'm looking for a Saint Dennis statue. I want one. Who's you know? Saint Dennis? Saint Dennis was a cephalophore, is uh, what they call uh, it. Another word I need to know. What he is was, that? He was here's cephalophore. You're gonna lose your mind. It's great. He was beheaded. Okay, for so he yeah they chopped. It. Here's the story. They chopped the dude's head off. Right, and then he bent over and picked up his own head. No, he didn't. Well, come on. Are you a believer, Tom? Are you a believer? Come to the light, baby. Come to the light. Come on. I'm not even. I haven't even gotten into the good juicy details, and you're already out of this canoe. Out. I watched the beheading game that you brought for your kid the other day. Yeah, yeah. And their heads gone. The guillotine. Humans aren't chickens. It's so funny. This is how this is how close Tom and I think. The joke I'm I'm doing a joke about this on stage right now, by the way. And the joke starts like this: He bent over and he picked his own head up. See, at this point, I'm out. That's the joke, and it's exactly what Tom just did. He bent over and picked his own head. Ninety nine percent of all the humans are like, No, he didn't. You know, but there are people that still to this day believe this happened. I had a conversation with one guy who kept telling me, "You can't prove that it didn't." That's what he kept saying to me. Well, it, given you that can't the prove origin, that it didn't. given the origin of the religion is, you know, they nailed a guy to some wooden planks and stuck him in a tomb, and then they came by and the rock was gone, and they went, right. "Well, body's not there. He must have gotten up and walked away." Then that's clearly how that clearly, happened. yeah. So the yeah. story of Saint Dennis is he he bent over and picked up his own head. And then he walked six miles holding it. <laughs> what? 
No head up top, severed. He's holding his own severed head. Okay. And did he hop on a horse and scoot around till Halloween? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> then he searched for Ichabod Crane. <laughs> ridiculous. He walked seven, six miles, six miles, holding his own severed head while his head was giving a sermon. Wow. What, was, the, it, what no, was the sermon? Well, the only moral to this story that I can con- that I can even you know conceive is evangelists never shut the hell up <laughs> Jeez. take a hint dennis take a hint poor boy so i want to i want to punch line i want a saint dennis statue there there's one like um that what's the big church peter in england basilica there's saint peter's basilica saint peter's yeah. yes and there's if uh, near the top it's a gorgeous structure right and near the top is a lot of saints that have been carved right and one of them is dennis and he's holding his own head. <laughs> he's got a neck, no head. He's holding his own head. He's so the I, patron say to this is bullshit. What yeah, is he? You know, oh, you're gonna you're gonna think this is a lie, but I Google it. He is the patron saint. Can you guess? Of keeping your keeping your cool, keeping headaches. your head on. Of headaches. Headaches. Also, the patron saint of France and Paris. Well, those you know that, headaches. That, I know that's not a good punchline. But how many? Also... But how many people need you know France and Paris? headaches? Yeah. Everybody. He's the patron saint of haberdashery. <laughs> that really that will stop a headache. <laughs> Chopping it off, I bet. Yes. So that's one of the things that's on my list of what I want is a Saint Denis statue, preferably eight feet tall. You know, I'd love that wooden. And I so, am interested in the it, sermon. Yeah, there. You, you have to Google, read about. It. It's hilarious. But do you? Does it? Was it a specific like? You know, the the I've read. There's and there. He's not the only cephalophore. There's an actual. There's enough of these people that supposedly bent. They picked up their own head, and walked with it, right? And most of them walked to a certain spot and then died, and that is where believers claim that's where they were showing you where the church should be built. That the the Tom Simmons church should be built right here. Because I was beheaded 11 miles over there, but that's not where it should be built. So I'm walking with my head, and I'm going to die right here. You know? Jeez. Yeah. Is that um, how ventriloquism started? <laughs> <laughs> ventriloquism. Yeah, that's how it... That, well, that's when it peaked, I can tell you that. That's when it peaked. And all the rest have just been copying. Yeah, yeah. just crummy copies. Yeah. I, I have to say that if... if you're beheading ventriloquists. I think that's a good start. Right. That's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a. So you're looking for a statue well, of him holding in, a, holding his own head. Yes, I want a statue of him holding his own head. So I'm in Pennsylvania. I see this religious. Uh, re, I forget it was something like religious artifacts, and basically churches go out of business, right? Uh, bringing us all back to capitalism. Right. Churches go out of business, and then this person, this team, whoever it is. They buy all this stuff, just like anything. They buy all this stuff, and so they have an enormous collection. I mean, when you walk, this is a warehouse full of nothing but religious statues, you know? How big do you want this thing to be? And pews and stuff uh, like that? Did you find one online? I found a uh, half dozen online. Yeah, all you got to do I, is... I don't look for junk online. I, I want to find it in a... But, well, how much are they? Uh, <laughs> you may have just started a whole new addiction for let's him. Let's cut down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. Well, if you want one that's that's a little one, that's probably uh, for your dashboard. No, I don't want one for my dashboard. Okay. Even yeah. as like a even as like that a one's gift? that one's twenty six dollars. Twenty six dollars in pewter. I, I like the price. I want I want one that is at least as tall as me. 
What? Yes, yeah. I want a five foot, six foot. Some, I'm not six foot, but I want a five or six foot Saint Dennis holding his own head. I can, and where's I that going to go? I like can, out in front of your house? I don't out? ask those kind of ridiculous <laughs> questions. Why are you ruining Why dreams does he need with to be these six feet tall? I can't. I don't know because in my head, that's that's what I want. Well, he's probably okay. Six feet, five feet minus the head. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I can get you one for, I can get you a plaster one that's a foot tall for an 80, 182 bucks. No. Yeah. All right. No. That's no. well, on the, the top the of your list continues. of things you want and no. it's not worth 182 bucks. First of bucks. all, first of all, it's, it's a foot tall. It's 12 inches. It's the size of a ruler. Okay. Yeah. You know, if, if Peter had just said to me, there's a wooden one available in Arizona that's six feet tall for $182, I would tell Peter, click buy now. Okay. You know, Can I just grab put, a put one of these Confederate the flag one, Confederate ones and chop its head off and sell it to you and yes, you can you tell can. everybody it's Yes, you can. <laughs> Get me a Robert E. Lee that's being torn down from Charlottesville, Virginia. Chop, chop his, his head off. <laughs> okay. You know, put it in his hands and I'll give you $182. There's gotta be somebody buying up all those. You know oh, what I mean? There's yeah. gotta be sort of like a sort of sort of like a like like that church thing. There's got like in Texas yeah. somewhere. There's got to be some clan member that's like I'm collecting them I'm all. Collecting them we're, all. We're starting. A, we're starting. <laughs> hate everybodyville. <laughs> they have Dollyville. <laughs> hate everybody. I'm getting our horse driven rides back to the past. <laughs> that's beautiful. Uh, by the way, one of these is sold by uh, a company that I I just can't get enough of the name. Discount Catholic Products. Oh, nice. You don't That's want to beautiful. pay full price for your religious no, veneration. No, no, no. You want a good price <laughs> yeah. on, on your soul. You know? Yeah. All right, so $500 for the class struggle. 500 bucks for the class struggle. That's just ridiculous. It's it's a board game, for crying out loud. I bought a car once for $500, you know? I'm not paying that for a board. That's crazy. But I'm interested in this because I've never seen this board game before. What is it? Class struggle? Blah, blah. Okay, so it's now it's on my list of wants, you know. I got to find this somewhere, okay. you know. So I don't remember how many years it was between that one and I saw one or two, three or four. What I didn't maybe not four, but I saw one or two. Now, do you have a mental list of wants or is this a physical list like in a notebook somewhere? No, I have a mental list. Okay. Cuz no. at some point, you know, he said trying to be a businessman, uh you should publish this on say the Stuart Huff Obsessive Curiosities Facebook page. Because then people, you know, you've got now minions. They go, oh, well, I, I'm I, against I, that. I'm against that. I'm against, against that. Too easy? I just, what makes this interesting to me is that you're, you're sort of weirdness of, not, it's not weird, but the, the process of like, it'd be like if you were a serial killer and they just started bringing you people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you've got, I love that. That was beautiful. And I and I agree with you that that's cheating because the fact that you were like if oh, you're a serial you're just, killer you just put googled some... them and they're not there like you know what I mean like because that's tr- you're not out there googling it looking for it you're right you're, you're just hoping that it's all serendipity I like, one day one I know I'm I, I don't believe in a lot but I believe one day I will find a Saint Dennis statue or a penny farthing or whatever it else it is that I want you know what I mean it's good those things are gonna they're gonna pop up a penny farthing is on your list as well yes. I want a penny farthing. But not a velocipede. Penny farthings are expensive. I've seen five or six. The the bicycle that had the enormous wheel in the front and that little bitty one in the back. Before they invented Uh, gears and they went, well, I don't know. We we don't know how the wheel works. Freaking big, yeah. They made the huge wheel and I want one of those. Right. I mean, there's a part of me that's exactly like, like, like Peter that's like, well, you can just 
Google it and get it on eBay or like, can't you just look to see what it's worth and get them? And the fact that you, and I'm like, that's dumb that you don't, but the fact that you don't is, I don't know, sort of winning me over, over these episodes that I we've like done. That. It's like, I like I, that. I like that. I'm winning Tom over. Yeah. I, I just feel like that. It, I don't know. It was, okay. Look, let me, uh, I, I, to be fair, Peter, please. All, I mean, the Googling I just did aside just yeah. to get you to shut up about St. Dennis. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm totally on your side. It, to be honest, I stopped collecting antiquarian books when eBay came along. Huh. Which, I mean, shows you how long ago I stopped. But Right, right, right. But, but it got used, too easy. Yeah, it's just buying then, right? Right, right. You're, you're purchasing something, yeah. It's just, you know, the idea, you go into a bookshop and, you know, you spend an hour and you find this thing that, mm-hmm. that may be underpriced because they don't know what they have. Yes, Yes, uh, but, but then it's the hunt and the search for yeah, the body before I kill. Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> that's the like, that's the fun. The you planning. gotta track. You've gotta. You know what I mean. You need to go for days. And and what kind of path does this person take? Do they go there every day? I need to know all these details. You know what I mean. Yeah. Are my garbage bags thick enough? Are they going to be able to hold? The torso, you know what I right. mean. This yes. is. Am I taking this analogy too far? Is uh, it getting maybe, disgusting? Maybe a bit, yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, th- but the idea that you could then just go on eBay and go, oh, they, there's a dozen of them. You know, click, 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 and yeah, that's just, that's just buying. It's not collecting. It's right. not searching. Right. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. I mean, I've a theremin is another thing that I want a, th- a theremin, which you know, uh, you know. So I have this list. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Penny farthing theremin. Yeah. Now I know what to get you for your birthday. Well, that would make me very happy. <laughs> um, the class struggle game kind of went on the list, but not for five hundred dollars, and not for a hundred dollars, and not for fifty, and not for forty, right. and not for thirty, and not for twenty. So the, as you started you know. finding them, like the other one was new and and the wrapper and blah blah yeah. blah. So you could mm-hmm. p- you could kind of look through, and then you start finding them here and there where you can where you can pick them up and read the box more. Or you can open it and or see what the game is. Before, yeah, I the next one I saw was not in a glass case, and it was not you know uh, new. It wasn't in in a wrapper. So I, then I was able to open the lid. It was like a hundred and fifty bucks. Oh, okay. So still, but I was able to open the lid and kind of look through it. And then I'm like, why? Why is this first one I saw that was five hundred dollars? Is you know. There's idiots everywhere that think every single thing they own is worth a lot of money. I don't know. This may be worth. It's a rare. It seems like a rare game that piques your interest, That's and it, that I, one is brand new and unopened. That's ex- pretty rare. Exactly. When I saw the hundred and fifty dollar one, then I thought, well, maybe the brand new one wrapped up. Maybe that guy wasn't wasn't crazy. Know, maybe they. You know, maybe this thing's rare. You know, right? Or it, or it may mean that you know board game guys, and I don't know enough about board game. Players. I don't either. But, you know, there are weird sub-pockets of collecting. Oh, yes, there are. Are you kidding? Yeah, like, you know, World's Fair people. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. here's... 1934, Chicago. 39. 39. (laughs) You guys are... No, sorry, 33. 33. 33, because it was 50 years after the... Eight or forty years after the eighteen ninety three Columbian Exposition in Chicago. Oh so wow! This yes, it's like doing a podcast with two Cliff Clavins. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm applauding that. That was beautiful. But yeah, anything beautiful. that says World's Fair on it on eBay is like right. Like if it's a if it's a an antique ashtray, but it's an antique ashtray that says World's Fair on it. That's like no matter what the condition, it's. Five times as much as a, you know. I don't have. I don't have any of that. I don't have I don't any either. of that. 
I ever since I really my baseball don't. I don't have stolen. I don't care about like any of this. Any ever like, since your what? My baseball cards when I was oh little. yeah yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's I collected those. But other than that, it's like I just I don't. No, I'm not of these people. I just yeah. I just know it. You're aware, but you're a book collector, you know, or yeah, were, but, but you still have your collection. Yeah, and, but it, it, that also came from. Uh, the rare book school that I worked with, mm-hmm. we realized that there were these sub pockets because my boss would be looking for uh, Jefferson stuff because we were at the University of Virginia. And you would find out that, like, oh, well, Jefferson freaks bid up this crap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, you know, I'm looking for a book, and it's a book that has Jefferson on the cover. Well, now it's twice as much or something. You know, I'm like, right. And that's how we discovered the World's Fair thing was that okay. we were looking for stuff for an exhibition. And. He's like, the World's Fair people will bid up this garbage. It's not worth that. And they just go nuts. Right. Because it's because it's a World's Fair. You know, sure. There's a subculture of collecting where they've all decided that this piece of crap is actually worth a lot more. Because that's, yeah. that's how it always works, right? Why but is that? Know, why is the class struggle game 500 bucks? Because the guy thought he could get 500 bucks. That's for what it. I, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, bringing what Tom said into this, I'll tell you a quick story. I was in a junk shop once and there was a. There was a guy, um, you know, just shopping. You know what I mean? He was there, but he there was a very large, like child's chest of drawers, kind of uh, not chest of drawers, but a chest. You know that you know it's had Humpty Dumpty on it or whatever, and you you put blankets in it or, or whatever it is. But it was full of Pez dispensers. Okay, right. And this guy's looking at them all. You know, right, he's, right. He's looking for the nineteen twenty three penny with the thing that's missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a Pez person. He's right. he's into Pez. <laughs> he's Don- a Pez head. He's a Pez head. Right. right. Donald Duck with the 1976 copyright on the bottom. That's worth a lot more than the 1977. Yeah. I don't it. care about Pez. I don't care about any. No. You know, I'm looking for what interests me. How you know? Oh, what the hell is that? But do you, you appreciate know? his? I do. So okay. I said to him, you know, it was you know, it was a hi. How are you? You know, and then you know that kind of thing back and forth a little bit. You know, uh, how's the hunt going today or whatever whatever was said small yeah. talk and then he goes uh he goes well i found uh, the big bird which i've been looking for for a while and i immediately i was just like i like this guy i just because i identify with this i wouldn't give a penny for a big bird pez dispenser but apparently it means something to him right you know so then i did i said i i said oh that's fantastic you know Right. He goes, yeah, it's been a pretty good day. It's been a pretty good day. He a big smile on his face. You know what I mean? Because he found the big he bird. He found pet. the thing, you know? Yeah. He the, the, the goal. They completed the set. He had the Grover, and he had the right. Kermit, and now he's got the big bird. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and he, and I so I said to him something, I'm you know, something like, uh, so how many more you got to go or something? He goes, oh, there's hundreds, but this is a, this is a major find today. And I'm looking at a grown man. You know, and there's something I really like about that. I'm looking at a grown man who is, he's lit up. His face, he can't not smile. Right. He's got a grin on his face. He's talking to me. His eyes are bright, you know, because he found the big bird. I just, you know, God, I like that. You know, there's there's just something about the hunt, you know? Yeah, the hunt. So you're so you, so my question was going back to the game. Yes, was please. when you you that was initially sealed. Then you talked to the guy. Then you saw one for 150. Well, I saw one for about 150, and so, I got to open it. So as you opened it, were you like, "Oh, this is even cooler than I thought," yeah. or was it a little disappointment? No, I was like, "Oh, wow, look at this thing! My God, this is really cool." You know, I'm not 150 dollars cool. Not you know what I mean? Not, 
but right. I, I laughed. I had a, you know, I went through it. I, it was fun. I just liked it, you know? So then a uh, couple of years after that, I, there are some people that I don't, that it's not even like sci-fi, you know, they're sci-fi freaks. I mean, you want to talk about world's fair people, yeah, yeah, all yeah. my sci-fi people go bananas, the figurines, the dolls, the anything connected to sci-fi. There's, I also see a lot of people that have like kids stuff, like, you know, lunch boxes, you know, lunch, lunch box, boxes are big. Yeah. Lunch boxes are big. They have these, I would assume junkers are there. There's a lot of that sort of like connection to, Oh, this is from my youth. Yes. There yeah. you go. Tom. I want one of these it's right. from my childhood. Yes. You know, so you get like a Tonker toys kind of, you know, there's a series of them that people are hunting for. Right. My space 1999 lunchbox that I loved so much. Yes. And now I get to hold it again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, my Nirvana cup or, you know, whatever. <laughs> I guess it's not that old. Yeah, it's not old enough. One yet. of my one of my f- jokes, and I oh, I can't remember this guy's name. He's out of Raleigh. Funny guy. Uh, almost got it. I hope I get it so I can give him credit. Almost got it. I can see his face. Can't get it. Here's his joke. It's <laughs> I love. <laughs> I'll get it by the end of the episode. I love this guy. I haven't seen him. I probably haven't seen him in a decade. But it was we were working. It wasn't that long after Kurt Cobain, you know, killed himself, and. Uh, his joke was, he goes, oh, I remember that day I, I got the phone call. My best friend called me and goes, the, the voice of our generation has died. And I said, Big Bird's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke. Um, That's perfect right. that it went back to Big Bird. Yeah. Okay, so when did you find this version, which looks like crap? it's really. been beat up? This yeah. looks like a, I'd sure. pay $3 for this. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you're two away. You paid five? Five bucks. Five bucks. Yeah. So um, I'm in one of the, I just kind of wandered into this room. There's a lot of lunch boxes. There's a lot of this childhood memory kind of things, you know. Where are you? I remember when I read Marx for the first time. Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember where I was, but I remember this. Uh, There there was a complete bed set up, one of those race car beds. Right. Race car beds. Oh, sure. Right, which I thought was, I never had one, but I was like, oh, look at that. Someone's going to walk in. Some father is going to walk in and go, I had this when I was a boy. I'm buying this for my boy. Yep. You know, it was that kind of feel to this particular room. And they had a stack of board games and I saw Clash Struggle and I was like, oh, there, you know, and I pull it off five bucks because it's beat up. You know, it's missing a couple of pieces. Tom's going to open it up. That's what I was going to wonder. I mean, that's always the problem with board games. Back from my, <laughs> right. you know, my, my youth in going to garage sales, if you can find an intact board game, especially one that has the rules. There's a lot of, in my youth, uh, f- inventing rules to a board game that came without them. Like, oh, really? Sure. That's kind of neat. Yeah, you're like, well, you know, here are the pieces, and here's the board, and there's a contraption that you're supposed to slap. But, right. right. I, well, we'll slap it, and then you get a point. Right. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird cover. It's like a 50-year-old-looking cover, like, too. Yes, yeah, like a... Like a f- Somebody tried to Photoshop in 1973. Like, it's a huge bearded... I feel like that looks like somebody, like a young Jerry Garcia. That's Karl Marx. That's Karl Marx. Yeah. Oh, it's Karl Marx. That's Marx, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's... The least known of the Marx brothers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there's two men on the cover that are arm wrestling. Right. And like Tom said, the one on the right is a chop job. It's, you know... Yeah, it's a a bad... It's a bad... uh, Clip and save 
from yeah. 1972 of Karl. They put Karl Marx's head on the the person on the right that's arm wrestling. And who is on the left? I don't know who this is. I don't know. He's got dollar bills that may also be a clip job uh, hanging out of his. Yeah. I mean, he's supposed to be. Those are twenties, I think. From the, I'm I'm a little away from it, but I think those are twenties hanging out of his pocket. He's got a big grin on his face. So it's capitalism. It's it's Marxism and capitalism arm wrestling essentially. You know. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, this is 1978, by the way, according to the copyright, and it's. Yeah, I mean, how I put it? This is a face that clearly the board game manufacturers are expecting you to go. Oh, that's clearly. You know. Henry Rockefeller or something, but it's somebody like that, right? But it, you know, but what's, what's interesting admit. is that Karl Marx is iconic. It's like Che Guevara. So you and I went, well, it's Karl Marx. It's Karl Marx. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know who that was. I was like, that looks like Jerry Garcia. He does look like Jerry. He does look like Jerry Garcia. Or rather, yeah. it should be said, Jerry Garcia look made like himself look Karl Marx. Like Karl Marx. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. You guys are communists. I don't know why you just don't admit it. <laughs> so it looks like it's some version of like they literally have. They even have chance. So it looks like it's a like it's an anti-monopoly. Yeah, let me let me let me, let me throw sort of like monopoly where me, it's got the four corners, but then three rows. Yeah, of, yeah, no, I mean it's clearly a, a yeah. ripoff of the monopoly board. Admittedly, yeah, you know, because it, it's got question marks and it's a rectangle, but or, or a square. But right. all right, fair. But yeah, there's chance cards and the other ones. That can, oh, that's that is Rockefeller on the front. Yeah, see there you yeah, go. It's Rockefeller, and I just pulled that by going. Name a famous industrialist. Yeah, that's Rockefeller. John D. Nelson. Oh, shit. <laughs> sure. Who was... <laughs> uh, well, depending on when this happened in 1978, still vice president. This is... Fl- mm, I was, don't know. He was Ford's vice president, so... Okay, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, right, right. I mean, it would have been, but either way, whether he's in or out, it would have been immediately recognized. Yeah, immediately recognized with the vice president of the United States. Right. Shame on us. Uh, this says that there's a letter inside this thing that says that's a piece of paper dated in July 1st, 1978, and this paper is in close to mint condition. Cool. You know, as far as yeah. like no no bends really, and there's a couple, maybe one little one at a corner. And yet the, the pieces are in a... Hefty one zip ziplock bag. This which is this is put together I'm way better. I'm going to guess that was not uh, original to the packaging. Right. Well, but, let me give you some background on this because this is a fascinating story to me. Okay. I just thought it was an interesting board game. And, and then I you did really, the research after you bought it. Yeah. After I bought it, I you know I read a little bit about it. So there's a there's a guy Olman. His last name Olman. Uh, he finds out that Monopoly. I did not know this. Peter knows everything. Let's see if Peter knew, knows this. Monopoly was made was invented in 1903 yeah. by a Quaker. I didn't know he was a Quaker. Uh, Monopoly, it was actually a woman, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Maggie. Um, it was based on... Oh, no, 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 no. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, Monopoly was based on a game invented by... Uh, okay, that a, makes sense, because I, yeah. did, I didn't know the inventor of Monopoly was a man. Yes. So it was based on a, a board game called The Landlord Game. was invented by a Quaker in 1903. Okay. And, uh, uh, the, and, and Monopoly was based on, the, they took the idea of Monopoly from The Landlord Game. Right. And Monopoly was, I think, the 1920s. 
1925. Yeah. See, I'm good. The original version uh, had a different message. The original Monopoly, the instructions, inside of the instruction books, it said, Monopoly, Monopoly is, I'm reading this, by the way. Uh, Monopoly is designed to show the evil resulting from institution of private property. <laughs> At the start of the game, every player is provided with the same chance of success as every other player. The game ends with one person in possession of all the money. So it was Monopoly was put out to teach people that monopolies were bad. Monopolies are bad, right? And instead, but what that's they, not what people got out of the game. Well, what people got out of the game ultimately was that the game Monopoly was bad because. <laughs> People, no one ever finishes a game of Monopoly. Someone well, flips the table. There you go. That's yeah. People, it, when it's once it becomes obvious that Tom's going to win it all, then I'm mad. Right. You know, which should have been the true lesson. Right. But it was just more. You know, why is your brother screwing you? You know, right. I'm, I'm landing on Park Place again. Screw you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and also, it should be said. What's kind of interesting is that, you know, in. Uh, replicating the evils of capitalism, it's a slow grind. Like, you know you're screwed a long time That's before you're out of the game. so funny. Yeah. They ju it's just a slow grind of yeah. your soul down. Basically, once you roll to who goes first, you kind <laughs> of can bet that who's, you know, yeah. I mean, it's who's getting a head start. Right. You know, that... So let me read some of this because it's fascinating. So this guy, the Ullman, right? He finds out that Monopoly was meant for this purpose, and now nobody's getting the the point. Everybody's, you know what I mean? No it's weird that you wouldn't because it does that. That does it is how every game ends. Every yes. game ends with one person owning everything and brutally right. taking everything from his mother, well, except or that, brother, that, or sister. And you take just, everything from your family that's members. Right? Yes, you screw people in trades if you can. Right. And, and now Aunt Helen is using the dirty words. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Yes. Well, although I, that's the problem. So the other lesson is, if you're the guy who's winning, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So you want to you want to <laughs> keep playing again and again because maybe one maybe day one day you'll be the guy that's winning. It's hideous. I want to stop this podcast. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. It makes me mad. So this guy invented this game instead of an individual. You know, individuals pitted against you. This you're is a part class. of a collective. This is. This is a class game, you know. This is, and he his idea was, let's make a game that you can't miss the point of. <laughs> <laughs> right? How fun is that? You know what I mean? The class struggle rejects the real struggle between the classes in our society. Reflects the real struggle between the classes in our society. The object of the game is to win the revolution. <laughs> Ultimately, then. <laughs> That's so great. Classes represented by different players advance around the board, making and breaking alliances, picking up strengths and weaknesses that determine the outcome of the elections and the general strikes which occur along the way. See, and this is why liberals lose. Because I can assure you, just based on you reading that part of the rule book, that this game is like a TED Talk. It's a big, long tech talk. It's boring it goes into the weeds and there's no fun in screwing anyone there's which is no why fun in screwing right anyone. which is why monopoly is still at your toys r us today right and, and class you, struggle right. yeah and you hippies are fighting it out for the few remaining copies of class struggle right he, he just separated himself <laughs> called a different us class. you hippies that's right <laughs> you hippies <laughs> 
This is the man who teaches his kids all the hippie messages, who has passed on all the love messages, all the accepted messages, and then he just... Well, I'm hoping they reject me. That's the whole point. <laughs> How are they going to rebel and become good capitalists if they aren't getting this fed this crap at home? When they get to like around 19 years old, they're like, boy, dad was really full of shit. You know what? I'm going to screw the worker. All right. This so is he, kind of funny, man. Individual players cannot choose their own class. In real life, this is usually determined by the kind of family into one which is born. In class struggle two, it is chance that decides. Throw the genetic die, the one with the symbols on it, to see who plays what class. Isn't so, that great? <laughs> it's so funny to me. It's so, like, pessimistic. Yes, yes. and real. Yep. The banker always wins in this game, it says. No, I just made that up, but it should. But the, the way this game is actually played is the only way that you can actually win the game it's sort of similar to monopoly the banker wins every time unless you figure out a way to unite all the other players <laughs> and take over the bank that's wow. a, that's true it's hilarious so he put this game out in 1978 yeah okay and when i say he put it out i mean we're talking low budget yeah, yeah well, this isn't well, parker brothers no 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 i mean in fact you know the manufacturer on this is the name of the guy you mentioned it's uh, Bertel Ullman. Like, yeah, it's, he started his own company. Yeah, yeah. He, he literally, as did the Parker brothers, to be fair. But sure. he had literally, Milton Bradley. Right. He was a real guy. This letter included in there is basically saying, hey, help us sell this. <laughs> if you, yeah. Yeah, it does. What can I do to get class struggle in the hands of more people? The answer is that you can do a lot that is beyond the power of our limited distribution network. You can, for example, show your copy to a local book, toy, game, stationery, gift department. So he's encouraging like people to go out and be like, should, this is a great game. You should sell it here. And he's putting yeah. that in a piece of paper into every game he sells. Like He individually probably put these together. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of cool. Put all the little cards in and everything, Yeah, and which it, is it a, a typical... teaser for where we're headed, by the way, what Tom just said. Yeah, and this is a typical liberal hippie idea, which is I can't figure out how to sell this thing. Could you guys help me out? Could you do donations or something? Because yeah. I can't possibly exist. I love the stance that you've taken on this what podcast. What are you talking about? He's fighting against a system that's built in to only use the major distributors, and he's like, "I've got a game, and they, the capitalists won't buy it." Let's. I'm yeah. getting out of here for the little man and getting this game out, and yeah. you're just like, "Shut yeah. up, buddy. Go back home. We're not <laughs> helping you sell your product." Yeah. Well, because here's the thing. I just wanted to get a game to take up to the family cabin so we could all right. waste a rainy afternoon. No. And he's got me enlisted in a goddamn protest. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I, you, you should have bought Hungry Hungry Hippos. Yeah, exactly. I opened this up and I was like, wait, I've now, I'm now signing up for a petition? How about Clue? Right, there's a, a rich guy gets murdered and we all figure it out. There's a message. Uh, right. There's There's something that never happens. Right. You're right. Uh, this is so kind of a boring. Like, like we're going to teach you how capitalism is evil. Uh, let's uh, let's add this piece of information, which is fascinating. So, this professor Olman, he was a professor. He's, of for, course, he was. Sure, because they for, don't know how capitalism at works. New York University. I'm tenured. I don't have it. I've stepped out of the class struggle. I've got lifetime a, a lifetime appointment. It's, is Jeff Sessions done ranting? <laughs> okay. As soon as Sessions is done, All right, yeah, yeah. then we can go. Uh, so Ullman was a professor in New York U University for about a decade. And so he had the opportunity to chair the University of America, uh, Maryland's political science department. Okay. But they knew about this game. 
they found out that he'd made this game. Uh, the possibility of a noted Marxist scholar heading up a university department was not one to be ignored by the D.C. press. Uh, they hopped on the story with a quickness today's political bloggers would appreciate. Uh, Maryland's governor and state senators started weighing in, and the approval process slowed way down. Uh, he was, So basically this game cost him, you know, promotion. But the press... Helped him sell about 230,000 copies. Wow. All right. So he moved 230,000 copies. How many of them are, I guess that's the reason it's 500 bucks. The guy's got a sealed one. I mean, 230,000, it's a lot if you're putting these things together on your kitchen table, you know? Right. But as far as 78, that's 22, 32, 40 years later, how many are left? Right. You know, I guess that's the reason it's 500 bucks. And I looked yeah. down and felt I found a beat up copy. Right, because you know it, this is why uh, children's books are so expensive. Because then they're they're not in good shape anymore. Yeah, most of them get beat to shit because right. you give them to kids. Dude, you found yeah. a beat up copy, but you found up a, a mostly unplayed copy. This isn't. There's only beat up a and little I, on the I, outside. I think, yeah, I think you need to pause and let Peter put a fist through that comment. And yeah, because I you know you found a mostly unused copy because they're all mostly unused. Cause, there you go. Okay. Because your hippie uncle said, "Here, I bought you an educational toy." <laughs> they went. Oh, thanks. I really was thinking of a Tonka trunk, but no, no, I really yeah. wanted a lecture. I wanted I wanted to allow Peter to get one in. Now, read some of these cards, Tom, because oh, this is funny. Oh, I didn't know the cards. They had oh. funny stuff on them. God, I was just going to say this is so these are the, what the equivalent of chance. Yeah. In the Monopoly game. What Tom's taking the right, rubber chance is like, oh, bank error in your favor. Ten dollars or you want a beauty pageant. You want a beauty pageant. Right. right? Yeah. You go to jail. Taxes not- assessed. That was right. always the worst. Right. one. Oh, taxes. Assessed. But these cards. Look almost unplayed. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you this the box, the game box may be sort of beaten up it's a, little a little bit. Beat up. It's got some tape on the corners. But, uh, the board looks good. Clean. This yeah. this game has maybe been played twice. Seriously, all the pieces are they're are, they're sort of cardboardy. None of them have bends in them. Yeah, you know the, what, Tom? The more I look at it, the more you're these right. Cards, I mean, those these little cards pieces. look almost unused. These cards. Yeah. These the money is crisp. Like look at that. I mean Peter, that, that yeah. doesn't that looks like um, almost like new dollar bills. Yeah, Peter. So, Peter's right. Nobody played this game. Nobody no. played this game. Yeah. Somebody somebody bought this as a gag gift for their. For like that makes fun. They're like, let's get it. Let's give for this their to Republican the, friend. Or no, or for the or for their liberal, the liberal the, hippie I, in the family. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like, here you go. Yeah, the the damn hippies will buy them this. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I I still think there are probably a lot of like earnest parents that said, you know, it's like the the parents are like, well, we're not going to let you play with a Barbie because that gives a bad image. That's and, a bad in '78 though. It was probably some right. Yeah, I mean, there were field hippies in '78 that were still. You know, yeah. fighting body image issues and things like that. Right, and so two hundred thirty thousand of them, probably two hundred thousand were just gag gifts. Thirty yeah. thousand. His sales shot up when the, all of a sudden the DC press is like they're going to hire a Marxist. Right. You know, the University of Maryland's <laughs> going to hire a Marxist. Sorry, I read. They it are funny. Tom, Listen, read some. All right, these cards. You know, these are the chance cards for the class of struggle game. Chance. Here we go. Turn it over. You are caught feeling sorry for the capitalists. <laughs> Victory and class struggle comes to people who think about their own class. Miss two turns of the dice. <laughs> <laughs> These things are so great. 
I started reading these cards. I was like, this is beautiful. Tax refund. With with taxes deducted from each week's paycheck, workers are the only people who can't cheat on their taxes. That's true. The government makes up with for this exception by cheating the workers, taxing them too much, and giving them too little, even when it comes to tax refunds. Take two assets. <laughs> What? <laughs> it just tells you some random. It, just, it tells you some truth that you right. can be like, damn, my life sucks. It's not clever to take so many chances. Skip your next turn at the dice. Uh, your class, your class allies have lost confidence in your leadership and want to keep a closer eye on what you do. Take all your allies and go back to the beginning of the stage of the class struggle at which you started. Uh, candidate Carter promised to reduce the def- defense budget by five to seven billion, but President Carter has just increased it by four billion. While cutting corners on aid to cities, the poor, the old, and the unemployed, the workers' anger at such deception is worth two assets. That's seventy-eight. I mean, that card is just yeah. Current. That's right. current event right there. What I like is that they're taking a shot. They're like. Goddamn Carter in his capitalist ways. He's not like, liberal enough, that right. Carter. Right. Yeah, this Carter, <laughs> Carter wasn't liberal enough for right. this guy. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I got it wrong because uh, Carter was pre- was elected president in '76, so Nelson Rockefeller is out of office two years when this came. But that's what I said. Like yeah. even then, it would have been kind of fresh. Oh yeah, no, everybody knew who he was. Right. I just now, for, for I the sake of factual yeah. accuracy, I, I got my numbers out. It's funny because not knowing even who it was, or I, even when you say who it was, I don't know who that was. But I I weirdly was thinking that's probably like a Rockefeller or a, yeah. or a Rothschild right, right. or somebody like that. Yeah. You right. know? Wasn't Nelson Rockefeller, wasn't he the one that had the son that probably escaped to... Uh, he disappeared. He disappeared. Yeah. He's but, also he's also the one that died plowing his maid. <laughs> he had a heart attack while he was banging his maid and died. <laughs> These cards are so crazy, dude. Are they not? What I really love, and this is so classically academic Marxist, is that there are about five times as many words on each one of these cards that a board game should have. It's like, look, you know, go to jail. Go directly to jail. Go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Right. And this one is like... You know the prison industrial complex. That's us all. Yeah, I know. What am I? What am I doing at the end of this? Yeah, there is no jail here. This is what you've been laid off from work. If you blame yourself or foreign competition or the blacks or the Jews, move two spaces back (laughs) to when America was great. If you blame the capitalists, move two spaces ahead. (laughs) This is this. Uh, what, What I like is that you know I'm hoping that there is one guy that goes. Well, I, I do blame the blacks. And, all right, I'll take the penalty. Uh, yeah. I'll take the penalty. Right. Yeah, that's great. That's read us when you come on a uh, funny one, Tom. Read it. This thing, Peter. I mean, am I right or wrong? This is. I love the fact that this was made. Sure. I mean, I how put it. I find it an entertaining yes icon of a bygone era. I was given an anti-monopoly game uh, as a child in a similar vein from, you know, a woke relative. Um, and then they, they had to rename the game Anti, and they had this whole thing. It was on, called Anti-Monopoly. It was called Anti-Monopoly. And the whole idea was that you're supposed to break up monopolies as, as opposed to acquiring them. <laughs> By the way, a, as as a game, it was terrible. And then they had to rename it Anti, and then they had this whole screed on the inside that said, 
apparently Monopoly is a copyrighted word, which is crazy, you know, which, which it was because Parker Brothers sure. you know, Parker Brothers has lawyers. And they yeah. said, so, you know, you need to write to Parker Brothers and let us call it anti-monopoly again. I'm like, or you could do a you could do a title search and figure out that you're going to get sued for copyright. I'm like, this isn't my issue. Right. <laughs> you so great. named your game clearly to capitalize on the success of a game called Monopoly. Mm-hmm. And lawyers told you no. And now this is my problem that you're enlisting. My, look, you take care of your own stuff. I just want a, an entertaining game, for God's sake. Right. So it was in the vein of this. Was, uh, very yeah. much in the vein of yeah. this. Which and, I think is hilarious. And it's also in the vein of this in that, like, we played it twice and we're like, this game sucks. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> There's too much learning. I know. I'm liberal and I hate this. Like, you know, uh, yeah, together, <laughs> together with your fellow workers, you have occupied your factory and locked your boss in the toilet. Capitalists <laughs> missed two turns at the dice. <laughs> <laughs> Locked your boss in, in the, the toilet. toilet. That's so great. Uh, I love how blunt, you know, it's just, I just like it. It's, you know, I mean, I agree with everything. Of course. I agree with everything. This is ludicrous, you know. I well, get, but it's, I, I, and part of it is like, it's just the wrong place. You know what I mean? Like, it's, a, it's supposed to be a fun game. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday you shook hands with Republican Senator Cannawater, and you believed him when he said he was the wor- he was the working man's candidate. Lose one <laughs> asset for being so gullible. <laughs> <laughs> See, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I appreciate that's great. I appreciate the full blown academic Marxism Marxism of this. Yes, yes. From a guy that's that what I'm getting it from a guy, and I don't know, you know, Bertel Ullman, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna guess. He drove a nice car. Yes. Because he was the uh, yeah, chair of the poli-sci department. At- well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure this guy was not hurting. Yeah. But but the, the, the tragedy and the hilarious tragedy of this game is, uh, let's see. It lost out to on the free market. <laughs> it yeah. didn't work. Right. 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 A socialist teacher has gotten fired for the lo- from the local school for playing class struggle in her class. You help organize the community to get the teacher's job back. Earn two assets for the show of solidarity. All right, let me uh, let me read you some of this, and we'll, we'll sure this, we're coming we're coasting to a sad <laughs> ending of the class struggle game. Yeah, well, let's. I mean, we can jump off from this and talk a little bit about how you guys feel about capitalism right now, and how socialism is being sort of made the boogeyman right now in politics. Yeah, and, I think it's fascinating that uh, the the word I'm getting accused of being a socialist all the time now. And then and so my response now is define socialism. And they they don't have a definition. These people in the bar that yells, you know, socialist, I'll go, "Yeah, what's a socialist?" Commie. <laughs> I was like, "What?" But the the so the word socialist has come back now as a taunt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So. Well, it's come back as a taunt. And also, in my lifetime, I don't think there's ever been a time when there haven't been more. There hasn't been a time where there were more people self-identifying as socialists. I mean, it used you to have be. To, you have to go back to, what, 1900? I mean, it, the party, the Socialist Party. Probably in the 30s or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the, the, the 1900, it really, so was it 1890, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. 1890, I think it start. It really started. 1900, 1910, 1920. It took a swing. You you got yeah. the Eugene Debs. I mean, he got yeah. a million votes. Right, for, right. He ran for president as a socialist and got a million votes. Right, and so, Bernie Sanders, damn near, you know, he came 
for a guy who is identifying himself as a democratic socialist, yes. awfully close to getting the nomination for the Democratic but Party. But you can't yeah. have a system where your government decides where the where the money is spent and what industries get that money, and they can't be directing industry because that's what makes maybe not that's what makes the free market better than all the other ones. It's because the free market ends up being ahead of the sort of economic waves or the or the way humanity thinks or advances the free market ends up being ahead of what kind what of leftist are you program into you know it's it so it, it has to come naturally from there from the bottom <coughs> up you know we I are at a point in our capitalism where i think that it's being that's being stomped by the small number of the donor class that is in charge and then pays the money to write the laws to to bend the rules to work more for them. So I, I don't really agree with sort of libertarian philosophy, which is, which is what I said earlier, which is we should let it come up. But at the top end, there has to be some mixture of democratic, regulating those democratic people. Democratic socialists. Yes, to stop them from just being in charge of everything. Yes, but I agree with we, you, Tom. Uh, you know, to me, the, you know, if you're not admitting... If you if you're not if you're if you're not taking into consideration that when you get close you know when someone starts to get a lot of properties in monopoly they're an asshole you know and they're gonna start they're gonna cheat if they can you know what I mean and then as they get more and more and more then they're not gonna you know you have to admit that you have to take into consider I don't want to use the word admit you have to take into consideration in my opinion that if you're gonna have a free system then there's got to be regulations to stop human from, you know, the the gut impulse to, you know, for... To take steroids or to cheat or to... To cheat, to, you know, well, let, me pay, let yeah. me pay this politician and get this law passed because the oil company, you know, we got these EPA laws, but I don't like that crap. And I, I all I got to do is buddy up with this person and then I can get my, my oil company where I need it to be. You know, well, you, we can't have that, you know? Yeah. So if you're going to have, if you're going to run it this way, you've got to put... You have to put laws, in my opinion, you have to put laws in place acknowledging that human beings are going to they're gonna cheat, and we have to stop that from happening. But if our system is set up to share, let's say it's all set up to all sort of share to take care of one another, which whatever, probably, I don't know if that's Marxist or not or socialist or not, but we'll develop more in that way. When we, our system is capitalism pays off the, the, the hard work, greed, collecting things, that's what is the winner. That's who we applaud. That's that's who you gets get the, the most girls. Stuff, that's you who win. Gets the st- yes, yeah. and we applaud winning, and we work hard to win, and it it sets us up to be that as individuals, also all along the way. So it it, it creates that very thing of, of I, like the guys at the top. Are, it's fair. I'm winning the race. It's about winning. It's not about taking care of everybody. So our it's I, I think our. The way we act as individuals creates our system, and then our system sort of feeds that even more to stop competition and stop people from being able to achieve. I would just point out yes, that Peter. the goal of Monopoly is to become the best real estate developer in Atlantic City. Yes. I would I would point out that, number and that's one— that's the guy who won. That's the guy who won. Right. Uh, but but let me, let's, let's also be clear. 
he was clearly very bad at playing Monopoly. Right. He was, he was a shitty real estate. He was the kind of Monopoly that overreached. That <laughs> overreached. Properties got mortgaged. Yes. So let's use he him. He on let's... free parking and somehow got through. Or... <laughs> Let... But he might go to jail. Yes. Directly to jail. And he, he does not pass go. He does not pass go. <laughs> um, I'm about to be called a hippie. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, sure. Here, let's use him as an example. He he was according to the class struggle game. Our current president, he didn't he didn't work his way up. He was born at the top. Of course, right? He had a tremendous amount of money, and then he did not excel with that money. In my opinion, well, he, it's he not, it doesn't even have to be in your had, opinion. I mean. The, the numbers are clear that the they numbers did, are clear that if he had put money into a market like you know a S and P five hundred market fund, he would be far far wealthier yes. now than if he had all he, his decisions that he made. He lost trying, money. He lost money and lost money and lost money and lost. He was bad at it. Yeah. He just started with so much of it that he could afford to lose and lose and lose and lose and lose and then declare bankruptcy four or five times, because right? Because our stupid socialist system is set up to... We don't have a socialist, socialist system. system. Well, who, we don't have a socialist well, system. I'm just, in, in we a have way, a socialist system for the rich. That's the, what I mean. The that's uber I mean. Yeah, but that's rich. not a socialist system. It is. A, we have no, a... We, that's a class system. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, well, it, it, in a way, it's sort of... It's all of us paying for there to be no... If to drive the economic engine towards the financial markets, to to spend, uh, to yeah, there's to use, nothing socialist about that. That's that's what it is. Socialism is taking all taking the taking all the money and sort of like sinking it into the military industrial complex, making it so that there's no capitalism involved in in the financial industry because they have no risk. All that money, all that money, and all that loss, and all that risk is absorbed by the rest of us as citizens and we bail it out because we got to keep the financial industry growing. But that's not a socialist system. That's what? a that's a socialist system if if it was just the you know the factories, it was just the industry, just the leaders. That that's a corrupted capitalist that's system. A corrupt, yeah. Okay. If it was a socialist system, you know, I mean it's like you know, the socialized medicine isn't isn't an, uh, a way of saying let's bail out the doctors. Socialized medicine is a way of saying uh, we all share in the money being given into the health system. Okay, that's As, exactly what I just said about we're we're all we're all putting our money into the financial system, or we're putting it all. And you're not into getting anything out of it, I know. right? But but, but yeah, right, so, so it's a corrupted. Yeah, but so, <laughs> socialism would mean that you would get money I out know, of the system. But the people are screaming against socialism are basically taking all that money that we would put towards each other, and they're bailing themselves out, or they're yes, but that's so, not. But that means it's not a socialist system. They're the people yelling about a socialist. It system. is for them. It is for them. Yeah. Yes. But that's but, but socialism is for every, socialism as a concept means everybody. Uh, okay. Yeah. If this was a socialist country, then then the entire country would be set up under those rules. But it's it's those eleven people that yeah. have the majority of the money. They live in a socialist system and say that a socialism is terrible. And then they yes. yeah, and they hate socialism. That's sort of what I was trying to say in a bad right. Way. They 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 accuse you of being a socialist, and meanwhile they're getting bailed out left and right for right. all their bad yeah, yeah, decisions. Yeah. You know, and then they get elected president, and and everybody says, well, "This is a good businessman. He's a horrible businessman. What are you talking about?" In a in a free capitalist society, he would have failed a long time ago. Are you nuts? Yeah. You know, 
He, I mean, he he failed repeatedly. He, you know, but he started out in the class struggle game with all the pieces. Yes, it's true. You know, I mean, we right, had, he started in Monopoly, and they said you have Park Place, and you know, we're going to give you Boardwalk and, and park Boardwalk place, and Park Place, and, right? And it, we, yeah, we gave them to him. He was born with them. That would be interesting to have a game like that's you change the game of Monopoly a little bit to where you start it more realistic to that system where you're I like like that. What, I think that's, that's, that's kind what of this what, game was supposed to be. Okay. Like, well, this is depressing. I yeah. don't get a <laughs> right. I don't get a crack at this. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah. start off and they just get beat down for the length of the game. <laughs> right. I think that's it. Is it max? It's max. Yes, that's this game where that's why people didn't play it because they're like, well, wait. So we roll the dice. I win. Okay, good game. Uh, how about Uno? Yeah. <laughs> right. Me, the guy with the genetics wins let right me read away. Some of this. This is this is sad and funny. This is dark and funny and great. Uh, class struggle started appearing on shelves alongside Monopoly. Okay, uh, I, I'm reading this out of it. Let's see, Olman, but Olman soon learned getting orders was not the same thing as getting paid. <laughs> this is a class struggle game. See again, this, this, <laughs> yes, this, this, good, so this is a good old-fashioned liberalism. We're like, yeah. I suck at this. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, Olman soon learned getting orders uh, for the for the game was not the same thing as getting paid. And the Marxist scholar quickly became an expert in how small business people get squeezed. <laughs> Many <laughs> radical bookstores never paid him for the games, and relations became strained with his initial investors, who also happened to be his good friends. Bad publicity followed when a small group of striking workers uh, at a bookstore asked him to pull the game and then used his refusal to remote their own fight. Even my political commitment was beginning to fray at the edges. <laughs> this is fantastic to me. And again, this is and just so sad. classic. Which, yeah, basically the leftists turned on each other. The leftists <laughs> turned on each other. They started attacking from within. Yep. You know, they're tearing up. The left is now tearing itself apart, right. accusing Serena Williams of being racist and what the hell. And the whole thing's being ripped over. You right. know, not her of being racist, but the, you know, thing. Uh, Ullman, uh, even my political commitment was being beginning to fray at the edges. Uh, I had always been delighted by each downturn of sales reported in the marketplace. People buying less junk, I thought. Now the same news appeared somehow threatening. Uh, I caught myself thinking, if the collapse of capitalism could wait just a little longer until we got our business on, the fe on its feet. That's a quote from him. Success was always right around the corner, but the cost kept rising. When Ullman and his cohorts did not have enough money for the second run of the game. <laughs> I'm sorry. That I, go ahead, Peter. This no, is, I got nothing it, except. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's it's funny that we're all giggling about the failure of a guy that we're well, like, good also, for you trying. He, well, good. also, yeah. he was celebrating his failure, which is, again, just such a classic. Like, yes. No, no, no. I lost. But by God, I was right as I lost. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, you still lost. You didn't Success make a fun game, of, dude. That's yeah, all there right. is to it. They're, 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 those cards are funny. Those, yes. Yes. Success was always right around the corner, but the cost kept rising. When Ullman and his cohorts did not have enough money for the second run of the game, they seized upon a small difference in quality to refuse payment to the manufacturer. Lawsuits ensued. A word of advice, this is in parentheses, never go into business with a Marxist. <laughs> the University of Maryland's uh, punted the decision about the political science department to a successor who denied Ullman's appointment, so he did not get the job. University of Maryland, Ullman's game was still selling, but the enterprise was sinking further into debt. And then he writes, quote, being broke is bad enough, but being broke and mistaken for a millionaire by everyone but the bank, that is about as funny 
as coughing up blood. Ullman was grinding his teeth so badly that four of them cracked. And after three years of struggle, the professor and his partner sold the game to Avalon Hill, a company that specialized in war games. The game disappeared in 1994. Oh, wow. It had a good run. It lasted a long time. It lasted a long time, but I guess, you know. But these original games with his name, right? They're they're the collectors. They're the collectors, apparently. 78, you know, with his his name on it or whatever. Uh He writes, quote, as long as there is a class struggle, and there certainly is in the U.S. where it may have gotten more intense, especially during the current economic crisis, there is great need to help young people understand what it it is, how it works, and where they fit into their society. They are certainly not going to learn any of this from the mainstream media or in most of their formal education. The game could still contribute to this important work. That's a quote from him. Uh, and then he says, just watch out for Republican Senator Kenwater. <laughs> so it's a, I, this story's fascinating to me. By the way, he is still kicking it 83 years old. Ullman? Yep. Good for him. And he's still a professor at NYU because mm-hmm. lifetime appointments are a thing. Ah. <laughs> Maybe he does have something to teach, you know? Well, yeah. uh, I bet he, he's got a few little cue cards that he could use <laughs> from his games laying he, around. He came back into the public eye. In uh, I mean I'm not that I know this I just read it on my phone mm-hmm. uh, in the 2000s um, because Sean Hannity was a student of his. Uh, I had read that I remember that and yes. Sean Hannity what? accused him of giving him a bad grade because he was a conservative. Yeah. Whereas anyone who's listened for long enough knows that he gave Sean Hannity a bad grade because he's an idiot. Yes. <laughs> right. That is that's. I, that that name Sean Hannity it just changes my entire mood like it that me too it he's let's go get a coffee okay if you want to hey thanks for listening to this episode everybody <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding Tom go ahead <laughs> I'm totally kidding with oh, you right. I'm totally kidding I was just like <laughs> I don't know why my brain just said cut him off and get him a coffee <laughs> good night no 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 talk I want to I'm I'm with you why is I try hard, and I fail every time. I'm honest. I'm honest about it. I fail every time. To I'm, I'm judgmental. That's just, you know, I've listened to Sean Hannity's show, and I can't, I just, I don't understand how you, you know, there's some Republicans in the country that have intelligent thoughts that, you know, in, I disagree with them, but, you know, they sit and they converse. This guy's screaming at me about, you know, what he knows, what's wrong, but, and I'm just like, well, I don't like it when lefties do that. I Right. Well, the problem with someone like Sean Hannity, I think, is that it's like Dinesh D'Souza, you know, who's doing the the documentaries now. Uh, American right? Hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, pardoned American Hero, according to Sean Hannity. I right. Guess, so. Okay. You know, you watch five minutes of a Dinesh. D'Souza, you know, you watch the trailer of a Dinesh D'Souza film. It's two minutes, mm-hmm. and every time he speaks a sentence, there are three horribly incorrect. Th- assumptions about history uh you know and the way the world works that to unpack that and explain why he's wrong will take you far longer than one sentence that he uttered right and that's the thing you listen to sean hannity you're like well any 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 three sentences he says you have to go well that's just okay well look you know uh, marxism isn't about every man for himself and 
Edgar Allan Poe uh, wasn't a, a closet queer, and I, I, I don't, I like that's all wrong. Right. Everything you've said, everything you said is wrong. But was it Twain? I'm sure it was Twain. I think it was Twain who said that a lie will travel three times around the world before the truth even gets its shoes tied. Wow. Right. It's well, great. Trump and our and and Hannity have a huge lead. This is a this is definitely a tortoise and hare race, and we're in the hare part. Or, uh, we're, 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 we're in the tortoise part. Yeah, we're, we're in we're, the hare getting a big lead part is uh, where we are. Yeah, you know what I'm saying I mean, like I, my solution to the whole thing: revamp class struggle, baby. Yeah. <laughs> let's get some let's get some excitement in it. You know, we'll get some bobblehead dolls connected to it, and we'll get Marxist. He'll be you know you you, you collect. Uh, you you just distribute cash evenly amongst all the players, and he drops his shorts. You know, so let's do some fun stuff. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, this is a semi-serious point. I think part of the problem with, and you know, there again have been multiple games like this, is that, you know, part of what you play a video game for or a board game for is the opportunity to how to put it live vicariously through something that you know is wrong, right? I don't go around shooting people, right? But if I play Doom and I get to shoot a bunch of demons, that's fun, right? And, yeah. you know, no, being a capitalist isn't good, but, you know, I mean, okay, playing Monopoly and crushing your enemies, that's kind of fun, right? I'll put it another way, and I agree with that, but I'll put it another way. Uh, a big, a big, you sit down to play a board game, you want to win, that's the reason you're playing a board game, right? You're not you're not playing a board game so that you can all hold hands and talk about the collective class struggle. Right. I mean, so to me, in my opinion, it's like Tom's comedy. I want to laugh. I, I go to see Tom Simmons. He's a comedian. I want to laugh. If I'm going to learn something, I didn't come in there for that. But that's a bonus, right? You know what I mean. But but you also have to laugh too. You just can't I have to laugh too, or else he's not a comedian, Correct. right? It's you know that. But if you can successfully. You know, if tell you a both, joke with great. information in it, and I left learning and thinking about. Then that that puts you in the upper echelon of comedians. You're you're you know you're at the peak. You know, right. if you can make a board game that teaches me about class struggle and it's fun, and I you know, then that's great. But it seems hilariously ironic to me that I'm opening a board game to win, and you're teaching me not to win. Right. That's so funny to me, and, and it's I'm boring. It's a board game in the version of like, I'm bored, <laughs> right? Or, or you know, I th there's another game <laughs> with the game. You know what I mean? Let's <laughs> like there have been board games. This is not a game, and I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> this is like I'm taking your class that I didn't want to take. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. This yeah, I have to do required reading for this board game. I, I mean, I and look, there are fun games that. It, encourage cooperation right there's there's a really fun game called junta where you're all members of a banana republic and okay. but you know and you can get together with another player and is say it's a board game or yeah it's a, like a card game and okay, there's a board, okay. you know okay. um and you can get together with another person like you can in risk right you know risk is a game that occasionally encourages co cooperation because you sit down and you're like look if you know, you can say this across. I need the table. you not to attack me here in South America, so that I can take over up here. Right, right, right. Yeah. Hey, let's get Tony. Let's screw Tony. Right. Tony's about to win this game unless we get together. Yeah. But then the idea is, and you those screw are Tony. horrible lessons. Back to our point. Those yeah. are not lessons that you want to learn in a in life. Those are horrible. Well, you know? I don't know. I cooperate with you, so we can both screw Tony. 
there's a there's a no there's no lesson, lesson there. there no you're trying you're trying to you're trying to invade and take over Chile and and you know and Tom's gonna help you do it this is exactly the reason I'm alive to stop that crap what are you talking <laughs> about that's not a lesson to be learned but neither is shoving little balls into your mouth until you they poop out your butt in hungry hungry hippos oh I was wondering where, I was wondering where you're going that, 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 that whole game is eat everything and if you eat more than everybody else then you're the winner you what know game what I mean? isn't about winning that's what my point they're all about winning right it seems almost like what I'm trying to get to is this if I wanted to teach people if I was a professor of political science, right, at NYU, and I, and I thought, oh, you know what, the whole country needs to be aware of a, that this is a class society. You cannot deny it. Sean Hannity just wrote a paper trying to, pro trying to prove that I'm wrong, and he gets an F because right. he was wrong, right? We live in a class society. We live in a class country, period. And everybody should accept it and, and at least know about it, right? If I wanted to teach the whole world that, I wouldn't make a board game right, out of right. it. I'd pick something else. You'd write a joke? I don't. I, yeah. Or, or, or make I'd, a TV do, show or make something. Make a TV show. Do something else. Your board games are, like Peter said, when you open it, I want to beat you. I want to win. I want. It's a game. It's a, you know, it's two knights on horseback with their jousting. Right. It's, it's they like want to win. Yeah, it's like saying, I want to play a game of chess, but the, op, the object of the game of chess is that we both negotiate you know, our various truces, and then both kings get to survive. It's like, right. that's, that's not why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's really funny because my mom and dad, and you know, every five years or something, they're, they're in some air, they go to some place where it's like Vegas or Atlantic City or something, and this is the way my mother gambles, and this is the way my dad tells me about it, which kills me. I love it. My, my dad will say she'll put one coin into the thing, and if she wins, she takes all the money and leaves. If she doesn't win, she leaves. <laughs> it's like... That's that's it. Boom. That's it. That's that's all that right there. Well, that's not what the whole thing. Why'd you even go? <laughs> right. You know, if we were going to put a coin into a slot and see if you won once, why did we go all the way here? Don't let's go play another game. You Does know she I mean? or is it just the first time? That's she, it. She's a lucky woman. She wins. You know, I mean, I, she's never won like seven hundred thousand dollars or anything crazy like that. But she has a high percentage of dropping that one coin in. And what? Eighteen dollars. And she'll take the $18 and leave, and she will not enter in again. She will not put another coin in there. That's it. She's 18 up. She's up. She's out. I did that once at the horse track with a buddy of mine. Really? Yeah, we went in, you know, paid our entrance free to Arlington Park. We hit a Quinella on the first race, and we both made like 30 bucks. We were in college, 30 bucks. The oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, my friend just looked at me and goes, if we stay— We'll lose this. Right. And I said, right. And we walked right back to the uh, car. <laughs> One race, we were done. And I can see that. You're in college, 30 bucks. That's a chunk. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Especially back, when was that? The 40s? 60s? Yeah, exactly. 1942. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is, fa I'm glad I found this game for five bucks. You know what I mean? It's, You've it's gotten just, five bucks out of it. I got five just bucks out of it. I giggle at the things. It's just interesting. You did know? you just like pay the five? Did you talk them down to five? <laughs> I'm a true lefty you know i paid five i paid right. my taxes also and i reported it <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you peter john burns and tom simmons uh look both of these guys up they both do stuff online that i i, I highly uh, recommend it's interesting stuff funny stuff too thank you guys Stuart huff's obsessive curiosities is an on-tour production matt holt producer matt holt also wrote that sentence 
If you want to support us, please rate and review us on iTunes. Anything you do is greatly appreciated. You can visit our Facebook page also at Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. We'll post items of interest there, and you can chit-chat with other obsessives. I even stop by from time to time to see if I can buy anything from anybody. I've been Stuart Huff. If you've liked my obsession as much as I do, thank you very much for listening to me.